Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Once again, the Bays team is the best team, the Golden State Warriors. Hello, hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Strength in Numbers. I'm your host, Brandon Cadiz, and this is a very special episode of Strength in Numbers. If you don't know yet, I recommend you go out and read the article that Steph Curry had a sit-down interview with Rolling Stone magazine discussing his off-season, his first off-season as NBA Finals MVP talking about his work as a philanthropist and talking about his involvement in politics, also the pursuit of Kevin Durant and what it means to be a father while helping out in his eat, play, learn business. That's just a little of what Steph Curry had to say in his interview with Rolling Stone magazine. We are going to dissect it and I'm bringing on a very special guest, a good friend of mine, you know, graduated and is very involved in politics. So I'm going to bring him on. It's Garrick Garcia, a graduate of St. Mary's College. Again, a good friend of mine, as well as a former co-host of the Shooters Only podcast. We're going to dive into Steph Curry and what he thinks of his work outside of the basketball court. All of that on this episode of Strength in Numbers. Before we get into all of that, we have to talk about our sponsors and Bet Online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. I am pleased to have a good friend of mine and the former host of Shooters Only podcast, Garrett Garcia, back on the program with us. As I teased a little bit earlier in the show, we're going to be having him on to discuss the recent sit-down interview of Steph Curry with Rolling Stone magazine, talking a lot about Kevin Durant, his philanthropy work off of the court. But first of all, Garrett, thanks for joining us and let the people know what you've been up to. Thanks for having me. Nice to be back. Definitely bring some uh, waves of nostalgia. Um, for me, lately, I've just been ushering pretty much at the Pantages. So, you know, just doing some of that. Been in the theater game, learning a little more about theater. Uh, I've been looking at some of the, the campaign stuff recently because I've been interning for some, like, campaigns remotely. Right. Turning into into that a little, just make sure everybody go vote. That's very important. And yeah, it's been pretty much what's been new with me, you know, doing the fantasy football, all the young man things. So not to, nothing too crazy. 
Yeah, definitely. If we have some time, we'll get a little bit into fantasy football and our San Francisco 49ers. But real quickly, Garrick, um, you know, you, you said you're in the theater industry. What, what play have you been surprised the most about or excited to see there at, at the theater? So they showed Hamilton a lot when I started. And yeah. I really liked oh, Hamilton. Great. It's a great show. I just yeah. saw it 70 times. So it was a little, <laughs> you know, it was a little too much, but it was a really good show. I mean, obviously this, he's a genius, Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's a really smart guy. He's done a lot of stuff with Disney lately. Go check out Encanto if you haven't seen it. Oh, um, The one that came fan. out recently that we've been watching was uh, Milan Rouge. That's mm-hmm. been really big because that dropped in 2018 and it got nominated for 14 Emmys and it won 10. So it's a really good musical. I think it's on tour right now. So, you know, if you're in, look it up. It might be coming to a theater near you potentially because I think they're going around the country a little bit. Awesome. Yeah, I've, I've dove myself into a little bit of Hamilton. Saw them live when they were here in the Bay Area. And yeah, my my uh, my girlfriend is planning to go see Sticks when they come on tour. So that's another musical to hit off the list. But we'll get back into this. Steph Curry sat down with Rolling Stone magazine. He talked about the Warriors being in on Kevin Durant. And I know that's a crazy thing to say for Warriors fans. All those rumors about the Warriors being in. And, you know, I've said on previous podcasts that this is ridiculous, that the Warriors should run it back and stay with this roster. But here's what Steph Curry had to say on Kevin Durant. And I quote, it's KD. Every team wants him um what else did he say on here basically that's that that was a quote in the article he said he would reveal later in the interview that the Warriors were in on him not necessarily a um specific trade scenario but there were rumors of who the Warriors were going to include in Garrick you can you can you know expand on that you know James Wiseman Jordan Poole are going to be the main staples in that trade Yeah, I think obviously the Warriors have acquired a lot of young talent. They kind of successfully pulled off, I think, ironically enough, what the Boston Celtics were trying to do. You know, we just saw them match off in the finals, but you saw this with Kyrie, Tatum, Jalen Brown. They're trying to do something like that, but they have some real pieces. I think Kaminga, Jordan Poole has obviously really come on. I I think he's really a big asset for them because when you think about it, and this was something I was thinking about, and kind of complaining, you know, getting at Brandon Zier during the playoffs when this was happening. They have at least three guys who any given night can give you 20 points, right? Like Steph can give you 20, Clay can give you 20, Jordan Poole, and then even sometimes Andrew Wiggins, because at the end of the series there, you know, with the Celtics, I could argue he was probably the second best player for the Warriors. He was really impactful, obviously, grabbing a lot of rebounds, playing elite defense. And I'm going to let Brandon get on his high horse a little bit here because I was a little down. I was down on Andrew Wiggins, you know, his first overall pick, whatever. He was in Minnesota. They've been one of the most losing franchises over the last 20, 30 years, what have you. But, you know, I'm going to let Brandon take the wheel here because this man has been on the Wiggins train since he's been a warrior. So I got to give him some credit for the stake right here. Well, let's be fair here, not to give me too much credit. I'll I'll say that I definitely was not a fan, actually. If you go back to our Shooters Only podcast, I said that they should have kept D'Angelo Russell. I was a big D'Angelo Russell fan, and I wanted to see the three guards play together. And ultimately, the Warriors flipped that for a wing, 
and brought in Jordan Poole, and they did it with someone younger. We saw the three-guard lineup, just not with D'Angelo Russell, but with Jordan Poole, and it worked out because Jordan Poole, much better off the ball than D'Lo ever was in that small time with the Golden State Warriors. But back to the point here of Kevin Durant potentially coming back to the Warriors, Steph also would say in this article that he had confidence in bringing Kevin Durant back to the team to get a chance to win and go back-to-back NBA championships. But he also is very confident in this team in running it back. And Steph reached out to Seth Curry, of course, who was on the Brooklyn Nets now, and to potentially have Seth Curry and Kevin Durant come to the Golden State Warriors, have his real brother there on the team once again. Do you think it was, you know, do you think – the Warriors were just doing their due diligence here, Garrick, or is it seen as disrespectful to a couple of these players who helped them bring a championship at this young age? I don't think it's disrespectful from, you know, a governor's perspective, just because I've actually recently been rereading winning time. Cause I lost the book and I found it again, you know, shout out Ethan Strauss. It's a great book. And he talks about how Joe Lacob is really big on, non-cyclical basketball dominance so his whole thing is like he always moves forward right you know he was he grew up in Boston at some point and he doesn't even like returning to Boston even to go see his family sometimes or go to high school functions or you know college reunion parties because he's just always looking for the next thing right his thing is always forward so with him I think it just makes a lot of sense if you can get a Kevin Durant you're going to get a Kevin Durant you know like nothing is ever going to be good enough and we see from 2010 when he bought the franchise from Chris Cohen, which at the time was 450 million, and that was the biggest um, North American, you know, sports franchise sale at the time. Now it's worth over two billion, and they moved into a bigger market in San Francisco, obviously, uh, in 2019. So I think for him, even though it might be disrespectful from like a moral perspective, this guy was the guy who was batting Larry Ellison to get this team right at man who makes $28 billion or who has $28 billion on hand, he's going to do anything he can to make the best team possible. And if that means getting, you know, a top two, three, five, wherever you have them after that Nets Celtics series guy and Kevin Durant, you're going to get him no matter what. I think that's just where his mind is at at all times. Agree with you there. You know, coin the term Joey light years, always being light years ahead of other teams in the league. So I can't blame him there. Speaking of that whole exchange there, with Larry Ellison, you know, buying him out there from Oracle um, and Joe Lacob outbidding him. Well, Steph Curry now is on the way of securing a very, very large shoe deal with Under Armour. This will be a lifetime contract of $1 billion with a B, not with an M for a million, $1 billion lifetime contract for Steph and Under Armour. And just to see his growth, from denying a offer from Nike to going to Under Armour and getting roasted with the dad shoes in year one to now sticking with the company and having his own brand similar to how Michael Jordan and Nike, you know, collaborated together and MJ would get his own brand later. A lot of athletes, especially in the NBA, Garrick, have now, you know, partnered away from the major or they are working with the major brands like Nike, Under Armour, and now they're 
spreading off though to their own brand, like the Curry brand. You know, Derrick Rose had his shoes with Adidas. Do you see a move like this for athletes down the line? Just star athletes like Steph Curry? Could this be the new wave of getting a lifetime contract for a huge amount of money? And with a $1 billion, there's there were rumors of LeBron James buying an NBA team. Steph Curry could do it with $1 billion too. Yeah, I definitely think so, Brandon, because another thing they mentioned in winning time, again, shout out to Ethan Strauss. They were talking about how all of the time when you see NBA players and the movement that's going on in the league, you tend to think that, you know, these are guys, they're best friends, or maybe the coaches really like the player. But a lot of the times, the agents are also really behind the scenes. The people, the big companies, you know, Nike really wanted Kevin Durant and LeBron to face off in the finals, right? because they knew they were going to make a lot of money. So that was a really good three-year, two, three-year stretch for them. And I think in the same sense, I think athletes now have that autonomy to really go and seek out big-time deals and understand that they want to create this generational wealth. And they also know that they can be a lot more loyal to a brand that's going to be loyal to them. That's not going to change up, switch up. No ownership's really going to switch up up at the top the way these NBA teams are. So I think NBA players are really into being businessmen, you know, being entrepreneurs, creating their own brand. And I got to shout out a guy for this. Shout out LeVar Ball. You know, I had to do it. Been a Lonzo fan since day one. I don't know if you knew when it was coming, but you knew I had to come at some point. But there's just obviously a lot of diversity and movement as far as how people are going to make their money. I mean, even look at NITs, right, with college football, now that we're in the college football season. So... I think it's crazy, but I think it's really good. I think athletes should make as much as they can because, Grant, you might only have 10 to 15 years if you're lucky of being an elite athlete. Yeah, what do you think about the $1 billion deal? And, you know, this, there's no basis to this. This is just me saying it based off LeBron James' interest in buying an NBA team. With deals like this, and especially with Steph Curry, do you see him and LeBron James maybe both going in and getting a team in Vegas? I think they should, honestly, because, I mean, LeBron already is a partial owner of the Red Sox, right? And I want to say Manchester, one of the Manchester teams, you know, one of the, the other football teams to our European fan base, but, you know, soccer to our American fan base. So, I think Vegas, that'd be a great spot. Obviously, Seattle's been a place that's been talked about for a really long time. I think Mexico City, personally, for me, would be, like, really cool just because I think the growth of basketball, you know, out into different countries. We're seeing FIBA. This is probably the most competitive we've seen FIBA with a guy like Giannis dominating. And when we talk about guys just getting crazy money and possibly being able to buy teams, look at Nikola Jokic, right? Like, $250 million over the next five years, and then even Bradley Bill, right? Bradley Bill, I wouldn't consider him like top 25 anymore, but this is a guy who could go buy a team maybe somewhere, right, Brandon? Like, is this going to become an ongoing trend, do you think, even like with more and more players? Yeah, that's why I pose this question. I think it depends on what types of deals they can get off the court. Of course, the NBA contracts are going to keep on going up every single year. All the sports contracts are going to go up every single year, but like, We've said like the athletes in college now with those NIL deals, that's really going to take it to potential that even NBA players now didn't have going back then. So they can build generational wealth to an even greater amount, which is absolutely amazing and even absolutely amazing 
for us when, you know, we have our own kids and try to make them D1 athletes and secure that NIL deal. It's man, Brandon. I, I like how you think, Brandon. Brandon's got that Joe Lakeham mentality right there. Shout out. That's funny. But yeah, yeah I think uh, it's, it's going to be a really big thing. I, I think a lot of NBA athletes, like I said, are really big on being businessmen now. You know, they see themselves as on the court athletes. It's kind of like that old thing, right? Student athlete. It's like student comes first. It's kind of like a business athlete, right? Like, you know, the business comes first. You have to make sure to make your money because I know they're OGs, the guys who came before them, because in Steph's family, they talked about knowing where you come from, knowing your roots. So I think in the same sense, there is a, you know, level of uh, brothers that you have really with some of your NBA vets, how important they are. They've told them, you know, look, you got to make your money first, make sure you get in the right situation for yourself. And then everything after that's basketball, because the game at the end of the day is 90% mental and 10% physical, right? So that's really what separates the good from the great, not only on the court, but off the court. Yeah, and no, that's a great, great segue there, Garrick, to the off the court stuff. In this article, uh, you know, the heading is like, can Steph Curry, you know, help change America? And we've saw in this article several instances of Steph advocating SBs and the ESPN producers to include that Brittany Griner statement and trying to spread awareness to the whole situation with Brittany Griner and wearing the Brittany Griner jersey on the SB stage. We also go into this article and it talks about Steph Curry and going back and forth at it with Donald Trump when the Warriors were on the verge of going to the White House after winning the 2017 NBA Finals and an NBA brother like LeBron James backing him up and saying, hey, Steph already declined that invite, you bum. You can't uninvite him. And we, we all remember those times there. And there was one regret here in this article that Steph Curry said, and it was that series between the Warriors and Clippers when the Warriors started to get things on the right foot. It was the whole Donald Sterling situation. And Steph Curry says that's his one regret in all this work off of the basketball court is he wished that he pushed harder to protest the game instead of uh, wearing the NBA logo inside out, dropping it to center court. I just want to get your opinion here, Garrick, on a young player like Steph Curry learning and developing and having a voice off the court. What, what is the fine line of speaking out on a political issue and then just letting your PR team handle it before you make your statement? I think it really just depends how comfortable you are. And I think to a certain level, and we've seen this in the past, Brandon, definitely with like, you know, hyper-talented athletes. I'm talking the top echelon of guys, right? Like how talented you are allows you to get away with more things too, right? So if you want to say something super outlandish, if you're talented enough to say it, you can say it. But, you know, if you're a guy who's kind of riding the end of the bench, it might be a little harder to pull that off. I think – as far as what's going on right now, I would say something that he's going to look towards to answer your question a little bit is with Sarver and the Suns. I know LeBron just called him out recently, so I'd kind of like to get your take on that. Do you think Steph's going to end up backing him up? Like, you know, what do you think is going to be the next steps for the NBA? We know that year suspension is coming up, but do you think Adam Silver as the, you know, penultimate or the ultimate um, guy as far as commissioners for players do you think he's going to have to take a stronger stance or do you think he's probably going to sit where he is right now? You know, that's, that's a great point. I think similar, not similar in the sense of the situation, but similar in the review situation is I think if enough NBA players 
raise concern for this, similar to what happened with Deshaun Watson in the NFL, to re-review um, the initial punishment and maybe make it to an even greater standard. Um, they need more NBA players to speak on the issue. I know LeBron James, the most polarizing figure in the NBA in terms of followers, um, he definitely had a say in it. And I think people are going to try to back him up. So we'll just have to see. Um, going back to that initial question I had, uh, Garrick, of just you know learning over time as an athlete, like you said, if you ride off of the bench or maybe if you're a rookie, you can't really voice your opinion as loudly and for Steph uh he was someone that you know was invited to speak for a segment of the 2020 Democratic um convention here is what it says in the article and him and his family um were encouraged to make a statement of getting young voters out there to vote you know early in his career a lot of people saw Steph Curry as this quiet kid not really having a voice but to see him develop over the time off the court, I think it speaks uh, magnitude of how these athletes now can have a voice. Yeah, I totally agree because I think the growth with him is interesting too, not only in the sense that like, you know, when he was younger, it might've been easier for people to also write him off because I think there's a little bit of that ageism thing that kind of goes into a lot of how we view athletes because they're like, oh, they're too young. You know, they're naive. They don't know what they're talking about, what have you. But also too, and you know, the diehard Warriors fans will remember this. Obviously, Steph got injured a decent amount early on in his career. So you might have not had that leverage to really talk about the issues they wanted to bring light to. But I just want to say this. I, th I think it's great that he has elevated the STEM program by selling his shoes, right? And even Obama, kind of that funny story where Obama was calling him out because he said, you know, you shouldn't be making jokes about the moon landing because some people are going to take you seriously. So he had to, or he decided to put the American flag on his shoes and really, you know, highlight that explorations in science are super important, obviously, to bettering everybody and how important science is. Because I know there's been a lot of people who have been questioning science especially as of lately. So the fact that he's putting money into the STEM program, so a lot of young kids can see that and be like, oh, wow, you know, this is something I can look towards and this is maybe an avenue I would like to take because not everybody's going to be Steph Curry. Let's just face it, Brandon. How many Steph Currys are in the world, would you say? I mean, just one so far. Right. So there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to have to be scientists, you know, accountants, guys who are doing more typical things with their time because not everybody can be a star athlete, but it's important for star athletes to send out that message that you can be, you know, more than you think you are. It is important to have these plan Bs again, creating multiple avenues to succeed. And I like that he's sending out that positive message. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that on. It's the perfect transition into also having, um, like you said, Barack Obama said that, Hey Steph, you got to go and do something about this because a lot of people are going to believe now that the moon landing is fake. And speaking of that at the, start of the COVID-19 pandemic, I remember seeing this video. Steph Curry went on an Instagram live with Dr. Anthony Fauci. And in the Rolling Stone article, Fauci said, wow, if Steph Curry can draw more people to believe science compared to me, then this is going to be big because, you know, the hesitancy of getting a vaccine early on, just that impact there of having Dr. Anthony Fauci and Steph Curry collaborate together 
what does it speak of here of um, Steph Curry and just his impact um, off the court? I think it says a lot. Um, something it makes me think about is like, you know, how, how willing are you to put more on your plate than, you know, what was initially advertised? But, because I think it's a lot easier for a lot of people to just be like, oh, yeah, you know, like I can't do much about this. You know, I see this and this is a really big problem. But when you see your favorite athletes take up these mantles, if you will, or these platforms to really, you know, have these strong opinions, make positive impact, create positive change. I think it really gets a lot of people to be excited about things because I, I think it's very easy for people to be laid back and feel like, oh, you know, I can't do anything. But when you have somebody that you trust or somebody you look up to and it's like, oh, wow, like, you know, he's doing it. Why can't I do it too? Because we see a lot of young people want to be like Steph already on the court. So if he can be even more positive impact off the court, I think that's going to help a lot of people. And I kind of want to pose a question to you, actually. How big of a deal do you think or how important now as an athlete is it to have a platform outside of just sports? Do you think it's changed over the last 20 years or so? Or what would you say as far as that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not only in terms of marketing and advertising for your own brand, but also we see these, you know, team posts of these athletes going to children's hospital or um, organizing like a little, uh, you know, giveaway of like giving kids bikes or school supplies before the start of the year. It's, it's changed and that presence of doing good is recorded whether you like it or not. Um, whatever you do outside as an athlete is always recorded now. For example, Trey Lance recently, if you don't know what happened with Trey Lance, just in the past couple of hours, someone leaked a video of him um, at the strip club. Um, and you just got to, you know, move on and go forward with that. Um, Steph Curry, we'll, we'll just highlight some of the work, uh, some of the other work he's done off the court. Um, earlier this year, took a thousand kids to the Oakland A's game. Um, you know, his Eat, Lay, excuse me, Eat, Play and Learn Foundation has donated you know, a ton of meals, um, over 20,000. Um, he's given the teachers in the Oakland, uh, universe, OUSD department here in the Bay area to get school supplies for schools there in the Bay area and Steph Curry, as well as making an, uh, impact on, on politics. Like I said earlier, you know, getting campaign videos out of encouraging people to vote. Um, the one thing I want to address here, uh, Garrick, is, you know, especially being in being very involved in politics, Colin Kaepernick um, initially taking a knee that was taken aback. And do you think he's definitely painted the way for athletes to be more vocal, not get as much of backlash? Because now you see all these athletes speaking up, and you know they're still in the league, they're still playing, and Colin Kaepernick had had to just be that sacrificial lamb. Yeah, I think in recent history, he would definitely be the person I would look at as far as like the guy who, you know, was kind of the drop for the wave to happen, right? He was kind of the first one to really make that move. And I think a guy that I really look up to would be like Muhammad Ali, obviously. I think that would really be, if you wanted to point to a start potentially, that would really be the start. But I think as far as, players again not only being businessmen but also just like good people off the court having positive platforms off the court 
or, you know, off the field, whatever sport you play. I think it's really important not only to tell people to be excited about what they want to do with their lives, but also not necessarily even direct them, right? Just know that these avenues are available for them, like going and voting. I know the player union is really big for players, right? As far as like getting good deals, creating good contracts. And I don't know if you've seen this recently in the news, but unions are at an all time high since like 1965. I think it's been the biggest time in the last 50 years or so that unions have been this popular. So I think just as far as people understanding that, again, they can make the change, they can make the impact, that their voice can be heard. I think that's a guy like LeBron James, Colin Kaepernick, Muhammad Ali, Stephen Curry. These are the platforms you give people when you speak out and you let them know, you know, it's not just me. You guys can make a change too. Yeah, we have a couple minutes here. So we'll write a tat tat here. A couple of these topics in the article, Steph Curry, um, his underrated tour, um, basketball and now golf, it takes a look at three-star athletes that were recruited as three-star athletes in high school. Steph Curry was one of them. So I think it's a great way to get these underrepresented, um, you know, underrated athletes that can have a potential in the NBA or in college basketball. He's also donated more than $1 million to the Howard University golf program. And one player on that on the women's team don't have a 17 year old by the name of hope hall um is one of the oh is the only black i think golfer in the ivy league right now represented there with steph curry and his team and the howard university uh golf coach sam Furrier said that steph curry has made a greater impact than tiger woods in the minority community your quick thoughts on that I like Tiger. I don't know if Tiger likes that stuff. That, that, that's all I'll say. You know, you might be able to tell where I come from, from my voice a little bit. You know, some of that addiction that's coming out of my throat. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. Tiger Woods has never been really a big advocate, unfortunately, for the black community. I think that's something that's been rough. I know, again, as an athlete, we talk about the last 20 years. Has it changed? I think Tiger kind of grew up and really came uh, to fame or came at his peak at a time where that didn't really matter as much. I think now it matters a lot more. And again, making a platform for other athletes, for other people to succeed is really important. And I think that's what Steph Curry is doing. Another guy I want to shout out really quick is Deion Sanders, just what he's done at JSU. That's been really cool to see, you know, putting another HBCU on the map, getting one of the I think it was the number one or number two player in the class. Uh, I forget the corner's name, but getting him to come to that school. Another guy, McCurr Maker, going to Howard for all of a year, going down to Australia. You know, we love the Australians on the podcast. So shout out to him. But yeah, hopefully more players can make a positive change like this and really get involved, not only in sports, but also in school and in education, because that's really big too. Yeah. And lastly, here's Steph Curry in the article to close it out. Uh, talks about seeing a therapist and you know he says that he's tired to you know he's tired and he really needs to get things off like that in his chest when he's handling his kids you know doing all these PR events giving back to the community playing a game in the NBA finals you know he the article I encourage you to read if you haven't yet talks about um, him playing in the Dallas in the Dallas Mavericks series in the playoffs and that shooting 
that happened, the George Floyd protest and how he just showed up without telling anyone in Oakland, walking the streets with Juan Toscano Anderson. You know, he showed up in other marches around the Bay Area as well. So to talk about politics as a whole, Garrick, and talking about mental health, I think that's the most you can do for at least, you know, being involved here during this offseason. I think Steph Curry has taken that to a big platform this at least for this offseason. Yeah, I would definitely say so. I think something that he took from his parents as far as his upbringing was that even though he himself came from a place of privilege, obviously Dell didn't have much money growing up. You know, he was one of seven, so he was kind of struggling just to get meals sometimes, I'm sure, because all his other siblings were fighting over it. And I know with Sonia, it was hard too for her growing up sometimes. Like it wasn't always the easiest. So I think understanding not only that you come from a position of privilege when you have money, but knowing how to use it and knowing how to elevate other people. And it's going to sound like the same thing, but again, you know, putting other people first and making sure that everybody else is okay. And that being the reason why you are great, as opposed to you yourself saying you are great and not really doing anything about it. I think that's what separates, you know, good people from great people. And I think that's really the best you can do as an athlete. Okay, yeah. Um, one last thing here before we move on, have a little bit of some fun here. Last thing on this article, what stood out to me here is just like you said, just being a great person off the court. It's, it's not that hard to do. It's just being a good person living your everyday life. And you know, these athletes are human is what the message is. And it continues to be present here. Steph Curry, giving back to the community. My favorite part in all of this though, is his relationship with the former president, uh, Barack Obama, and, you know, him having a relationship there, going golfing, and, you know, Steph saying, you know, what's everyone else going to say after he won his NBA Finals MVP, and Obama uh, called him there once he was on the court celebrating in Boston, and said that you need to add a little spice there, you need to say, what's fucking next, so him and Barack Obama having that relationship is pretty cool to me. What was your favorite part of this article, Garrick? We'll close it off there. I think Steph giving the 500,000 books, you know, to the next generation. I thought that was really cool because I've been trying to read more personally. So I think that's something that just stood out to me because it's been something I've been trying to do since, you know, post-grad days, post-college days. So mm -hmm. I think reading is really important. I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't know Steph was like, you know, super into reading or super into giving back in that sense. I think I kind of knew a little about some of the STEM stuff, but, and, you know, the meals make sense. I think a lot of NBA players try to do that with NBA cares and things of that nature. But I think the books, like educating the, the future is really important. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, he gave back to some of the teachers at OUSD and my girlfriend was part of one of the schools there. So they had a certain amount to work with for their school year. So very appreciative of, of that donation by, by Steph and his foundation. Um, speaking of reading and getting more into books, and this is not your typical book. This is a playbook for an NFL team. And that's Trey Lance himself. Um, we'll get a little bit NFL talk here. Um, our San Francisco 49ers, Garrick, played, played in a monsoon and got upsetted by the Chicago Bears. 
And, you know, a lot of talk and saying that Trey Lance isn't ready after one bad game. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to come back. What are your thoughts on this 49ers team this year, Derek? And can we expect at least an appearance back in the NFC Championship game? I'm a little worried. I'm not going to lie. It's early, but I'm a little worried just because, I don't know, Trey, he didn't look like he had it. You know, I know he has a great arm. He's got really great twitch speed, has great legs under him too. But he just seems really raw right now. Granted, it's only his fourth start, and who's really good by their fourth start? You know, there's probably only 10% of NFL quarterbacks really showed anything by the third or fourth start in the NFL. So I can't discount him too much. Eli, uh, Elijah Mitchell was out too, so, you know, that's a big blow. And then Kittle didn't really play either. So those are two things that, you know, were really going to help the offense but weren't there. So I don't think you can put too much on his shoulders, but – at the same time, you you would like to see more, but it's still early. So I'll say I still trust Trey, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I 100% agree on that. I'm on, I've been on the Trey bandwagon since day one and thought he should have started last year when Jimmy Garoppolo was struggling. Um, 49ers fans, though, uh, are expecting a better sunny game here in Santa Clara to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Well, actually, the NFC West leading Seattle Seahawks after Geno Smith's performance on Monday Night Football. But it's actually going to be a, another rain game as we're expecting 90% chance of rain here um, in the Bay Area on Sunday. Not as bad, of course, as Chicago, but we'll see if Trey can still throw some passes here. Um, won't be as bad as the Chicago rain, but another back-to-back rain game for the 49ers is going to be very interesting. We'll close it off on this note, Garrick, a little bit of some fantasy football. Um, how's your team doing after week one? I was in the low 130s, so I did pretty well, luckily. I like my team so far. I My Wi-Fi was kind of going in and out, so some of the guys got auto-drafted, so that kind of stunk. Oh. But I just did a lot of week one pickups, so I think – should be good looking forward. I'm in a PPR league, so I had to readjust a little bit to that too. Yeah, who, who are your uh, your standout players on your team? I had the second pick, so I, I was pretty lucky. But I so I have Jonathan Taylor as the guy. Oh, wow! So McCaffrey got taken one in your league. Yeah, shout out to uh, shout out to Darren, another shooter only podcast member. He uh, believed in the hype of CMC being healthy. So, you know, we'll see who has the last laugh by week three. That's all I got to say on that score. Hey, I just got to say that I hope it's Christian McCaffrey because I had the second pick and I took him. He, he fell to me, if you want to even call that falling. But, um, yeah, it should be a, a great fantasy football season. One thing my league has done this year, though, that I'm not too hyped about is we're on ESPN and they're introducing the bonus wins feature, which – you have to finish finish in your top six for the week to get a bonus point. So the goal is to score as many points as you can. So if you're in the top six for most points scored in that week, you get an additional win. But if you finish in the bottom six, you get an additional loss. So I won my matchup last week, but I didn't win for most points. So I fell to one and one on the week. Not a big fan of that. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's just too much math going on for me. I think with that, it, it sounds a little more like a, 
as our European fans, as I said earlier, like to say football, you know, overseas because they do the they do the legs, right? So it's like if you go one for one or if you tie, this happens. And if you win straight up, the next person might have to have three goals the next game. So it just sounds like a little too much going on for me. I, I just like the simple, you know, you win or you lose, just classic American stuff personally. Well, yeah, I appreciate your time here, Garrick. It's great to have your perspective here on social and political issues, you know, here in the United States and to talk about Steph Curry and his advocacy, his uh, philanthropy off of the court. I figure that you would be a great guest to bring on here. Let the people know where they can follow you on social media. So my Instagram, that's probably my main handle I usually use. It's Garrick underscore Gar. And yeah, that's mostly what I use. I use Twitter every now and then, but you know, it's more just to like check Woj updates. So I'm not super active on there, honestly. Last thing I want to say really quick, shout out to Steph Curry for graduating too. Cause I was talking about how big education yeah. was and I kind of skipped over that. He just graduated. Again, if you can go get your degrees, you know, the president just made that a lot easier for a lot of people. So, you know, if you're having a hard time paying that off, so make sure to go get your degree, take out a loan if you need to. And hopefully you just have a brighter future from there on out. You know, be like Steph. Hashtag of the day. Oh, I love that hashtag. It's, you know, especially how the article started with Michael Jordan and his shoes. Be like Mike, be like Steph as well. And to close it off here, you can follow our podcast on Twitter at dubs underscore strength you can follow me the podcast host brandon cadiz on twitter at b zero that's b c a d i z zero thanks for tuning in everybody and as i always say every single week we appreciate your support make sure to hit follow on wherever you listen to your podcast to get the newest episode of strength in numbers and as and as always as i close it out every single week with this go dubs this show is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. 